Hi, this is Alexander Wolf from Außergewöhnlich Berlin. And today Tristan Hawks is here. And he is one of the most renowned future scientists of at least Germany, probably Austria, and perhaps Europe. Uh, well, to make it short, he knows the future. And he will talk with me today about the new force of analog communication and network building. Because if you think that digi digitalization is a difficult word, it is, that digitalization is the future, then uh, you're wrong. It's probably not. Because Tristan uh, tells us and will prove in a few minutes that the new power, your new edge, The new advantage you're going to have is if you go back to analog to build a community. But before we start, let me tell you something about Tristan. Tristan is uh, from the Zukunftsinstitut that sits in Vienna and does nothing but thinking about how the future is going to be. He reads everything and talks to everybody who knows things about the future developments. So he knows about digitalization, the development of our planet, of societies and all these things. He has regular columns, podcasts and interviews with a bunch of people. He just wrote a book and I'm very happy that he took the time for you and me to be here. Hi, Tristan. Hi, Alexander. So to uh, put it in a nutshell, you say that uh, our, you know, Focusing on the digital development will not lead us to an advantage in the future. Is that right? Somewhat of a disease of my profession that everyone always thinks futurists, oh, he must be talking about technology right. and digitalization. That's all that is associated with my profession. And if you're honest about how these kind of things develop, it's always very interesting to have a look at the counter trend. So every trend with time also creates a counter trend. And especially with the questions of digital, I think I don't need to tell anyone. The digital is here, it's here to stay. And I think we've all, to a certain extent, maybe also had an overdose of it. Definitely. And that adds value to the analog because it's a contrast to it. New technologies always bring old cultural techniques back to their actual strength. And Anyone who, especially when we talk about networks, thinks they can make a network purely digital is missing out on a lot of human potential. That's my thesis. Okay. I asked you for a nice story for the beginning to catch the people. And the story is nice because you are like Mr. Future and you have a lot of talks on congresses and uh, large events. And uh, you, you recently had... A nice uh, speech at the what was it called digital alps conference? silicon alps silicon yeah. alps <laughs> that's like that sounds like future yeah that's uh, sometimes it's a bit of the caricature of the future right but i mean what what happened there was it was a very obviously based on the title a very techie event and i mean you didn't mention this but i'm 28 years old so i'm technically what one would call a digital native right like people assume there's a young futurist coming he's going to talk about drones yeah, and technology and all that stuff right his avatar is going to yes have exactly his hologram is going yeah. to be there actually and then i was there and actually did exactly what we're, we are going to talk about today this the dynamic between analog and digital and how they have a synthesis between each other, but how they also, you know, strengthen each other. I did a speech about that there at a, f you know, just a room full of techies, like, I don't know, 300, 400 techie people. Mm -hmm. And it worked really, really well. I got crazy high marks because, you know, they obviously they have a digital tool to track how good your speech was. Yeah, you know, um, and I got crazy high marks. And then I realized that I think a lot of people are also 
to a certain extent, even people who are very deep within this business of digital topics are somewhat hungry for this, yeah, maybe a little bit more, I'd say, relaxed, honest, and also less utopian view of technology. Mm -hmm. Like it, it relaxes people to a certain extent and I think also proves something that they always thought to themselves, that technology is not here to replace us. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to communication between people. Mm -hmm. I mean, look what's happening on social media. This is no longer social in any way. This no. is anti, it's tribal media at this point. <laughs> yes. So we see what happens if you take the, the analog human, which we evolutionarily have been trained for for thousands of years, to know, I trust you, you're not going to stab me to death. I mean, I know this within a millisecond because evolution has taught me this. On the digital world, you can't do that. And that has led to a lot of animosity and a lot of pain, which mm -hmm. doesn't happen in the analog world. If you put two people, even from the most ridiculous, far apart positions opposite of one another, they're going to communicate way more honest and way more empathetic than if they just did it online with the definitely, avatars. Definitely. Mm. You, you see that with um, all network building. In the end, if you put people together in a room and say, you're not going to leave this room uh, unless you're friends, mm. this is going to work better than having them chat online for three weeks. But now the question is, how can we translate that analog revenge, as you call it, by mm. the way, how can we translate that into actual NGO work? I mean, the revenge of the analog, it sounds quite dramatic, but it well, is you, to a certain... You, you said. I know, I know. Well, I like pathos. Yes. It's my, my business to a certain extent. Um, for NGOs and I think generally for, for networks and uh, also companies, actually, I think the formula should be to be looking for what we call real digital. So the mixture of where can digital communication and connectivity assist us in making analog events better and more important. And if you look at something that I've been tracking a lot, this whole global protest culture mm -hmm. that we've had as of late, you know, Fridays for Future, Black Lives Matter, <clears throat> also the women's marches and so on, mm -hmm. these were perfect real digital organizational phenomena, essentially. People connected online, you know, got all the where, when, how, what out of the way, and then met in person. Mm -hmm. That is the correct usage, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't think so much would have happened in all these topics if people hadn't gone onto the street, onto the analog mm -hmm. world. If they just discussed it online, it would have, you know, everyone would have landed in their own bubbles and that was it again. Well, we can see that with all the change.org and Avas and so mm -hmm. on. You have thousands of petitions running there, but meanwhile, the politicians know that this is a storm that, you know, goes it's away. A, just, yeah, it's an know, online storm. There's it's an online storm. You just one of wait. millions, right? Mm -hmm. you, you kind of drown out as well. Mm -hmm. But if you have people standing in front of your door, that's a different thing. Thing, so it's a mechanism that seems to societally have worked for a long long time and still works going on the street or just being there in person changes things changes humans because we're wired that way so um be before i'm going to ask you what we can do if i have an ngo and try to build a community mm -hmm. what would, would your recommendations be let's just uh, take a, a short excursus to the vision of the future so uh, how do you think is going to be developed this digitalization process in 10 15 20 years are we going to be back on the acres you know mm -hmm. uh, growing crops and meeting around fire camp fire and singing songs with a guitar or what's it going to be this new digital analog future probably going to be a bit too hot to plant crops in the future the way well. it looks at the moment but no i'm actually very optimistic i think we'll also manage to handle that um well i think, especially when it comes to the question of how we communicate again, mm. I think we're going to be over this phase of digital communication at that point. I think right now we're somewhat in the correctional loop of this mechanism. In 10, 15, 20 years, 
we need, I'm, I'm going to sound a bit radical now, but we need a digital UN or a digital NATO to, you know, democratize these algorithms. I mean, for most of the problems of our world, we have all the technical solutions that we need. We have them in front of us and we're just not using them because we have dislearned to communicate. And that is incredibly frustrating. I think we as analog beings, and that's the frustrating thing, we're very analog beings in a very, very digital world. Yeah. And this dissonance drives us insane. I think we're going to um, recapture the digital to make it do the things that actually help society. And I think especially NGOs, I mean, that's the fir first place I go to to mm -hmm. say, hey, you guys need to figure out how to use this to, you know, on the one hand scale, but on the other hand also not fall into the trap that everyone does in digital communication, which is always, always just going endlessly for quantity instead of quality. I think okay. quality is going to become, especially when it comes to human interaction and relations, is going to receive a way, way higher value. Okay, so how do you define quality interaction of human beings? Well, the problem is that online, most things are measured by quantity, by clicks, by interaction rates and so on. Mm. And that has led to the point where now there's so much information and so much communication that the individual relationship that you have to every individual digital person is void, is empty, mm. is zero. Humans aren't built to have that many communications. You're not built to have a network of 5,000 people. Humans, we're just not built that way. I'm sorry, like we're monkeys. <laughs> no, we, we, we're built for the Dunbar number, right? The Dunbar yeah, number yeah, is exactly. 150. That's my fa favorite number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 150, so, not more. And that's already extended, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's people you need within your society to be able to figure out where you belong. Mm. But the closest circle is up to what, 2025 yeah, or so. Yeah. So it's extremely small. And I think we need to get back to that because, I mean, the problem is the individual relationship. And I see many networks also who try to do that and just try to get as many people as they can. Mm. The individual relationship is so void and so unimportant that it, in the end it doesn't feel like you had one even. Mm. And I think that... I understand it because that's the way the game works. And I also understand that in smaller groups, you know, you get to know each other and there's a lot more friction in a weird way. Have you noticed that too, probably, right? The smaller the group sure. for a longer time, the more friction you actually have. Talking about family, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's also potentially family, yeah. Um, but that's what makes the human experience so interesting. Mm. And I mean, maybe just a little side note, I think through the lockdowns which have you know led to more digital communications we have also clearly learned what cannot be digitalized right and that was an important lesson for many and i hope especially the younger generation who are always told you know you're you're lost anyways and you're all digitally addicted they they've learned this lesson too mm -hmm. that uh, vr talk with your peers is not as satisfying as just meeting Remember at the beginning there were these drinking parties on Zoom? Yeah, yeah. And they disappeared instantly. Everyone, sure. There was like once or twice for everyone, and then they were like, this sucks. <laughs> right. if, if, if you could digitalize human interaction, and I mean, nothing's better for networking than drinking. We know this. Sure. Um, if you really could digitalize it, then we would say, oh, the people are still doing that and it would still mm -hmm. be around. Mm -hmm. then, then it would make sense. Mm -hmm. But that is not the case. No, it wasn't the favorite. Uh, we, in our network, we have a few bars who still make money with those digital um, bar meetings, but they normally are organized by big companies, by corporates companies, who want yeah. to keep their teams somehow together. Uh, but it's not their favorite. So it's... Uh, if they had a choice. If, if, they have if a choice, the people who were there who had a choice... You know what they would do. Meet at the bar. Exactly. And again, that's the power of the analog. And sometimes you need to miss it. Sometimes it needs to be taken away from you in order to, that gain, makes it gain value. And at the same time, I know this because I'm a lot, as you mentioned before, in the event business, a lot of the events that were terrible, that no one really wanted to go to, but everyone kind of went to because it was just the way it is, are now gone. 
Uh, also true, yeah. Uh, again, quantity quality. We're here again. Okay, so we're coming to a quality analog networking strategy. So uh, let's use the few minutes we have. It's like six minutes we have left for concrete recommendations. So imagine uh, you have a group of NGO leaders listening to you now. What would you recommend? What can I do in my daily work to use that wisdom, that knowledge? Uh, the central thesis that I'm basically pushing is that all the digital abilities that we have, they solve questions of connection, but not those of relation. And I would, if I can recommend this to uh, the world of the NGOs, which is something that they do a lot, but also I think sometimes get lost in mm. a little bit, in my experience at least, is make sure that the relations that you're building, that they are truly there to further your cause. Right. I have the feeling sometimes we all, because we're like this, you know, networks become, to a certain extent, become, I don't want to say family, that's maybe mm. a bit too dramatic, but you know what I mean. Sure. You, you, groups tend to find their own mechanisms and their own repetitions mm. that stop them from evolving. So I think the best thing one can do is to always try getting new wind into groups. So with new wind, I mean new people with new values, new experiences, and so on. I mean, this, this may be a bold assumption, but I have the feeling in, in some way, many groups in the NGO scene become quite homogenous, quite similar. Mm -hmm. And I think heterogeneous systems, societies, networks are the best. And in, in the age that we're moving into now, in the information age, in the social age, in the network age, having 10 people who have the same opinion means technically you should fire nine of them because, <laughs> because their physical labor is irrelevant. But th this is an industrial mindset that we still have a lot. And that's something that happens with NGOs a lot as well. So forcing yourself into this sometimes frustrating world of, you know, fighting within a network and having people, you know, just not agreeing about things, that is the skill set of good, uh, I'd call it leadership. I We're going to have a separate podcast on heterogeneous networks. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a very, 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 very provocative chapter on that. So. Okay, so perhaps I can convince you to do that podcast too with me. Yes, um, you can. But now coming back to this analog skills. Mm. So uh, would you recommend to, for instance, send uh, written letters instead of emails to people? Oh, you want to get down to the, down to the real, real granular business. I want to get business. down to the real, how to do it. Okay, so let's, let's move on to the assumption that you want to get people, new people into your, into your network. Yeah. Then you could send them an email. That's real great people are really happy about that well <laughs> yes or what you could do is you go and you deliver a letter mm. you the mm. person you are interested enough in that person that you take the time out of your day to deliver a handwritten letter and mm. something I can tell you all you have all unlearned how to write I, I have to like try writing with your hand it's a tr it looks but because it looks so ugly on some way it's so valuable Okay. It well, you don't out. know my handwriting. Oh, I was beautiful? happy when computer age started. Okay. <laughs> since then, I haven't touched a pen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm always destroying my own handwriting. Um, but that's that's smart. So going back to written letters to show your your people that you really care. Again, quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. Also, maybe um, on purpose, non-hybrid meetings. That would also be something. So mm -hmm. This meeting is purely analog for the pure reason of being analog and okay. we because something that happens in a lot of digital networking is my experience 
coincidence goes out the window. Everything mm. needs to be planned. Mm. And that's terrible. That, that stops creativity mm. to a certain extent. So I think forcing people back into the analog space, and you'll see they really, really want to as mm. well. If you obviously you need to do a lot, of, you know, make sure everyone's vaccinated and so on. That's, that's clear. But people really, really appreciate it. Well, so uh, I conclude that to be successful and to build successful communities, networks and lobby groups um, will have a, a two-sided strategy. Contact people and communicate digital, right? This is still there, like This is, Twitter, I mean, Facebook and stuff. The world we live in, absolutely. Yes. But then to really connect, to build relationships, make it analog, as analog as you can. Humans... Is as simple as it sounds, humans are humans, right? We, as I already said, evolutionarily, we're trained to empathize with humans. And di what digital can do is scale. We all know everyone wants to do digital stuff because it scales really well, also in communication. Quality is in between humans, in my opinion, when it comes to communica communication. If you want to go en masse, go digital. If you want to be personal, empathetic, and actually connect with people, and I mean truly connect, Go analog. Well, this is a nice conclusion of this podcast. Uh, we had here Tristan Hawks, future scientist and a digital native who <laughs> prefers analog. Uh, Tristan, thanks a lot. Anybody who wants to know more about him goes to zukunftsinstitut.de yes. and uh, learns a lot more about his uh, insights, his visions and his great special character. Thanks, Tristan. See you next time. Bye-bye.